Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Distraction Pieces Podcast. My name is Scroobius Pip and this is episode 116. There's loads of them, isn't there? Um, thank you very much for tuning in. I'm joined this week by a, 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 another one of my favourite people to chat to, Edith Bowman. She's great. It's an awesome chat. You're going to absolutely adore it. We nerd out on film an awful lot at the start. Um, so if you're not into film, then you're about to be educated and become into film. How dare you for not being into film? Um, I should do the uh, the plugs at the beginning. We're brought to you today by com. We are f- fully stocked up on vinyl at the moment and on, on, on Team 3W merch, which is the exclusive Distraction Pieces podcast team. So... Head to com and check us out. But I also need to really give a good plug to the Distraction Pieces book. It's been mind-blowing, the reaction. I know I've mentioned it a lot, but the fact that we released this book, and it isn't just kind of, here's the top five episodes transcribed. I've written a load of new stuff in there. I've written a how-to-podcast guide telling you all the equipment I use and, and how you could set your own podcast up. But we divided it into chapters and then took any relevant pieces from podcasts on those those subjects, if that makes sense. So there's a race chapter that has um, Akala and Killer Mike and, and, and Riz Ahmed, who is killing it in, in the night of at the moment and is has just had a fucking action figure made of him because he's in the next Star Wars film. And he posted a picture the other day of his Star Wars action figure. There's a Star Wars action figure of someone who not only has been on the podcast, but is my mate. (laughs) It's mental. And and, and he's in the book. So, so yeah, thank you for all the support of the book. And if you haven't grabbed it already, it's available on Amazon and Waterstones and in all good bookshops and that kind of thing. So check that out. I don't need to bang on about that any further right now. Um, Thank you for the reaction to to last week's podcast uh we had the satin lizard lounge special because we my spoken word stage the satin lizard lounge was cut from festival this year and there's been a lot of talk of festival going under or anything i like that everything i've heard that's not the case as and i need to express as well that despite us being cut this year it's still my favorite festival i love everyone involved in it i love that festival so Nothing but love to best of all, and it will continue to be the best festival of all. But yeah, we had a, a, a Saturday and Lizard Lounge special, and we had six of the artists who were going to be performing on my stage come on for a chat and do some spoken word. And again, it's crazy to me that like, I think in the first 48 hours, I think over 40 or 50,000 people had downloaded those two episodes. And that's awesome because that's. 50,000 or so people all listening to to poetry and to spoken word and that's crazy right how lovely is that um yeah so thank you for your support on that if you missed that one i recommend you go and check it out but before you do enjoy the one we got right here um i got to sit down with edith bowman last week i went on to her her breakfast show um on virgin which was amazing fun the most relaxed and enjoyable um, time I've had in a while. Um, and then straight after that, we recorded a podcast. So it was kind of a beautiful double hitter. Um, it also happened to be the hottest day of, of, of the month or the week or, or something. So I had a little I had a little stroll about town. Um, I'll tell you what, actually, I wasn't going to mention this, but I was having a walk in the sun 
and I realised that it was time to head back to Essex because I realised I was un- unintentionally dressed as a wrestler. Um, and Chris, I, I mean, I know that Chris and Stu won't listen to, t- to this. There, there is a drunk cast due soon, fear not people. But um, m- my outfit, I had my training shorts on, so they're kind of like tap-out shorts, a bit Kevin Owens. Um, they're Adidas ones, but that kind of loose short. And then uh, on the on, on, on the top half of my body, bear in mind I, I chose to go out dressed like this. I had a... Uh, a kind of a denim top um, that was open, had nothing on underneath, and that that denim shirt, I guess, had a hood, but uh, it had no sleeves. I had the audacity to have a hood, but the 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 audacity to equally have no sleeves. And I was I was walking around in public dr- dressed like that, and I suddenly looked and thought, "Hang on, am I?" walking down the ramp to go and wrestle someone because if not I need to get home and sort my life out so I headed home but yeah it was a lovely day I'm going off on a tangent I hope you enjoy this chat with Edith Bowman I think you will we could have chatted for hours and hours but she legit as we discussed had to go and pick her her kids up so um, we got in what we could and then we got on our way Um, oh I should mention that next week's guest is Frankie Boyle a lot of you have been asking for that for a while I'll tell you more about that after this headphones in and I can yeah, try those good. ones the then you can yeah whispering. one two yeah they're all good for me actually yeah I'm that's perfect anyway. yeah, yeah? Ooh, so oh as <laughs> <laughs> soon as I'm in do you want should I put these under the desk let me put yeah yours. I'll pass these yeah. I'll pass yours under the desk there we go thank you well, that's a perfect start to a podcast. Podcasts <laughs> always enjoy it when it's kind of a bit, a bit shambolic oh, no. oh, and yeah, we've quick. seen oh, behind the yeah, curtain. Totally, that's like today with the show. We were like, we were supposed to play at this Kings of Leon interview, which I wanted to ask you about about going to strip club. Yeah, and uh, but just, they forgot to send it to us. Oh, really? So I like, saw guys, a few people t- tweet and saying, oh, "I missed the Kings of Leon interview." It's not come. They haven't sent it through. That's that's the way the world works. Damn. Yeah. So I'm, I'm joined today by Edith Bowman. How are you? I'm very well, mate. And really good. I've just done your show. <laughs> thank you. And now you're doing my show. Woo-hoo! So thank you. Um, <laughs> and what you, t- you touched on there was I tweeted, uh, yeah, I was once invited to a strip club with Kings of Leon. Wow. I'm not saying I'm, it was definitely them doing the inviting. We did a, 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 a festival and, and part of their crew were really into our stuff. We're like, oh, we're yeah. with Kings of Leon and we're going to a, a strip club club later do you want to come and i didn't go in the end what but I, I don't know i just didn't I've, I've still i've never been to a strip club still in all my I, life i have but not when it's been a strip club yeah i went to a i went to a party at a strip club but they'd taken over the strip club just for the party mm. so they toned it down there was no one naked yeah there was a couple of girls and guys actually dancing around in you know skimpy clothes and stuff but yeah, never been to a strip club. It's intriguing. It's 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 something. I'm. I mean, I'm not against it. I've just never really seen the appeal. Yeah. Um, particularly since the dawn of the internet, when you yeah. can you, you, you can, can see it. naked people if you want, men or women. <laughs> yeah. Just as much as Quite you like. I like walking around the house naked. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. But other than that, I don't really need karaoke. To go and sit in the I am club. there in a second, but I understand but. that. That makes perfect <laughs> sense. Um, the combination of the two is, of course, showering. 
She's <laughs> yeah. a combination of a strip club and a karaoke what's club. Your, what's your shower song? Um, or well, recently, I've been um, I've been <laughs> I've been doing a wonderful a, a rendition of Kate Bush running up that hill for some reason. But it's because there's the placebo version version is on some trailer at the moment. So it's this kind of slow, s- sultry showers I've been having. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's an absolute tune. <laughs> oh, what's your shower song? I've been uh, I've that um, Christine and the Queen song, Tilted. I just cannot yep. get it out of my head. So, and my dad loves it. Dad. It's really weird out of the blue. My dad every now and then will give me a tip on who's going to be big. And he'll be out of nowhere. And years ago, the last time he gave the tip, he went, just heard these, uh, these girls, they're going to be big. All, all saints. And he was right. He was he dead was, right. Totally. And they're <laughs> back dead, as well. He was dead right. So, they're back. Yeah, I, I think it's I'm been that long since he's given you. a tip, and this is his, oh, wow. his latest one. So yeah, he likes the girls then as well. He does. He appears female to. artist. He, he's also a big. He, uh, I, I once he gave me a lift somewhere. No, it was when we were going to Millwall, um, and all the way there and all the way back, which was we got stuck in traffic, so it was longer than than the, the, than the album. <laughs> uh, we listened to, to Ellie Goulding's album on on loop. Oh ju- wow, just on loop and. <laughs> I've not got a lot to say about the album. Yeah. It's, 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 I'm not against it, yeah. but I didn't need to listen to it three I, times I in a day. W- yeah, I would have walked. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you later. Um, so generally on the podcast, we'll yeah. talk about kind of your career or your upbringing or all these other things. But I want to kind of start by just talking about films because yeah. you, 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 we're both really into films and it's exciting Fans, to talk about. So yeah. So what's your kind of, of favourites of the years? so far or well, anything that's, that's weirdly really yeah there's there's been a couple this sort of quite recently actually yeah. um well we're past that summer blockbuster yeah. period so now we're at the kind of the the meaty it's starting it's award season starting yeah, really so course, you start yeah. getting really interesting stuff you've got the london film festival coming up as well yeah at the end of the month and um it's for me there's been a couple the last couple of weeks that i've really really loved uh and both from kind of quite new uh, directors, this guy called Matt Ross. Yeah. Do you watch Silicon Valley at all? I don't. M- and my brother watches it's it and so says it's good. amazing. It's brilliant. Yeah. There's a character in it called Gavin Belson who's played by this guy called Matt Ross. Right. And he's written and directed this new film called Captain Fantastic. And I've seen the posters all over the tube. Fin- it, it is, sorry to be completely cliched, <laughs> it is fantastic. Uh, and it's, it's weirdly, Matt grew up on a weird, um, not a commune, but kind of oh, wow. a, a loose kind of commune vibe. Yeah. So some of it is is kind of based on on his experiences in that environment. And it's about this family who completely self sufficient, who live in a forest and have done for a decade. And through reasons that I won't reveal to spoil any you know storyline, they have to almost kind of reintegrate to society. Yeah. And, and and what problems that poses up both for them and people around them. Viggo Mortensen plays a dad, six kids, and the the kid actors are are great and yeah. funny and adorable, and it's just a really lovely film. It looks great, and great it's, soundtrack it's, it's, as well. It's one of them as well. Whenever you get a film where there's kid actors in it and they're not having to do a Hollywood type da, kid da, actor da. thing, yeah. it, it makes it that bit more yeah. exciting and engaging. I always remember when I saw. The Fall. Yes. For, for the first time, this it's Spanish film, is it? Or Italian? I'm not sure. But um, uh, uh, Yeah, uh, I can't remember. I just remember I reading the subtitles. I think it's, it's Spanish. <laughs> but the, the, the girl in that, I was instantly like, they can't have scripted her. Yeah. She's too good. They must have Same. just they must have just not told her what was good. like her, her reactions that it's yeah. like a, a child of that age can't act that yeah. good. And it's exciting when they're kind of children in more 
a left field film, which isn't that that common. Like you think a Little Miss Sunshine and a few things oh, like yeah. that are, are the few to really cast. Because in general, you go left field and it's all older guys, unshaven, <laughs> yeah. in dusty clothes, just not doing the Hollywood thing, yeah, just yeah, taking yeah, the time yeah, off from yeah, the Hollywood yeah, film. Yeah, totally. so, and but, when there's kids casting, they tend to, I don't know if it's because they'll have that extra f- freedom or not have that pressure of being... I think the environment and the storyline for this particularly has, has, you know, these kids living in this environment, it's, it's like they're going to camp. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And um, and they're, they're, there's a lot asked of them in terms of the subject matter and their reactions and what they physically have to do to survive in this environment that they grew up in but it's it's seamless it really yeah. it really is and then the other one is david mckenzie who he's done a, he's done some great stuff he did young adam years ago with yep. ewan mcgregor yep. uh and most recently did starred up with uh yeah, jack I o'connor love yeah. isn't it great ben mendelson the first 10 10 minutes of it i was thinking are they taking the piss here but, but, but because it felt like he was doing such a um uh, a Bronson, yeah, in, almost a Bronson impression, yeah. And, and when they had the scene where he 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 oils himself up as well, I was yeah. like, this is literally they're doing Bronson, but yeah. not playing Bronson. And then half an hour in, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing! <laughs> it was like I said, yeah. I, I had that start of nah, nah, yeah. it's overhyped. I'm not impressed. And by the end, I was like, no, it deserves yeah. everything. It's and his getting... new one's called um, Hell or High Water, yeah. And it's it's you know it's crazy to think that Startup was a really little British independent film. Uh, written by this guy Jonathan, who was an actual prison psychologist. Wow! So it's based on his his real yeah, experiences yeah, yeah, yeah. of working with with offenders in, inside. Um, and then he's gone from that to this kind of almost cowboys and and and, and robbers yeah. story, which stars Jeff Bridges, Chris Pine, um, yeah. Ben Foster. Yeah, and it's it's really it's great, and it touches on so much of kind of the state of the world and uh, poverty, you know, within middle America and yeah. what people are doing to survive. It, it has me hugely intrigued mm. because I saw the trailer and I thought, this looks like my kind of film. Yeah. I like kind of, I liked Out of the Furnace a, a, a few years back and a, a few of these films that are just kind of quite low-key, yeah. kind of some kind of heist or, 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 or conflict within crime. But they aren't films that j- generally get that much hype and excitement. Yeah. So I watched it and thought, oh, this will be my kind of thing. And then everyone started to say, this is amazing. And it's like, all oh, right. It feels like there's a lot more to it than I maybe initially yeah. saw or expected. So, And he's got, um, it's, there's a really nice story because he, uh, when they were, when he was editing it, he, uh, him and his editor used, because Nick Cave and Warren Ellis have done a lot of film scores over yeah. the years. Yeah. And they used some of their previous film score as test score when they were editing it and then they were like well there's no one else that's going to be as good so we have to go and ask so they went to them and kind of said kind of cheekily we've been using would you mind and so they've they've written score for it oh wow so a nice little touch there as well yeah that's fantastic that sounds amazing so so what what are your kind of you're a fan of or it, it seems that you're a fan of every genre of, of, of cinema and film, really. Have you got favourites? Have you got a yeah, specific area? Is it? I try with film. It's like, you know, someone said, are you a film critic? I'm not at all, and I'd hate to be. Yeah. I'm a film fan in the same way that I'm a music fan. And yeah. I, I'll, I think with film and music, you almost have to kind of, you know, I don't read reviews of albums and stuff, and I yeah. tend to not read reviews of films because I want to give it a go myself. Completely. I've, I've started to, I mean, I watch every superhero film because <laughs> I just think they're great. So yeah. I've started to not watch any superhero film trailers. Yeah, because I'm going to watch the film anyway. Yeah, like, I'll, totally. I'll, I'll try and only watch a trailer if it's a film that I don't know if I'm going to watch or not. But yeah. in general, 
as exciting as it is, and it's tough when a Star Wars trailer comes out or any of these, yeah. but it's like, well, the fact is tr- tr- there's so much pressure on trailers. Or, or, tr- yeah. or trailers are kind of more of a key to the film being successful than the film itself, as we've seen with the critical a reaction to a, a, Squad, a Suicide yeah, Squad yeah, yeah. versus the commercial success of Suicide Squad. They had an amazing trailer. They had yeah. one of the best trailers of the year. Yeah. And they've, despite everyone saying it's not very good, they've had one of the best turnouts yeah. in the cinema. I didn't so. find it as offensive as everybody else did. No, I didn't especially think it was the awful, female, it didn't... Especially the female character, Harley Quinn. Do you know what I mean? It's like she's a, she's a, car, she's a cartoon character. She's yeah. a comic character. That's how she was... That's how she's written. That's how she's illustrated. And I kind of like, what were you expecting her to be head to toe in tweed? It's kind of like... And I I felt there was some some conflict in that argument anyway, because I felt the main villain woman, that role would traditionally be potentially a male role. If it's the the evil, powerful... And she was amazing. She was terrifying. Um, I thought I kind of... Delevingne's character had some good, some some good variation. It wasn't just a, a typical female role, but equally, you did have, have a Will Smith working out topless in his cell, which was amazing, yeah. and things like that. So <laughs> I, I felt there was yeah. the balance of it. Yeah. People talked a lot about Harley Quinn it being this overly sexualized thing, and it it felt like you get a, a lot with complaints of people complaining who haven't actually seen the thing that totally. they're complaining about. It's almost like the you've expectation. You've seen an outfit and gone, there yeah. you go, that's not she acceptable. It's like, have you seen the whole thing? Yeah. It's in the nature of it, and they play up on it a bit. But Yeah, yeah. totally. I, I totally get that. And I, I really, I, I defended it, actually, because I did... I think I was on Kermode and Mail the week that it was released and Robbie, who was doing the the kind of critic review and stuff, and I was I was kind of like, you know, standing up for the film sort of thing because I yeah. do think that it got a, almost like there's so much expectation of it to be bad. People almost wanted it to be bad, I yeah, think. Yeah. But yeah, for me, it's about kind of just going, having a blank sheet and not trying to go in without expectations and stuff. And, you know, I've got two kids. I've got a three-year-old and an eight-year-old. So the diversity of films yeah. that I kind of have to watch yeah, 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 yeah. are are vast. I mean, I spent the entire summer watching everything from what's it called Nine Lives, where Kevin Spacey turns into a cat, amazing. Um, which my eight year old it was his favourite film of the summer because he loves slapstick. So yeah. seeing a cat trying to do human things Brilliant. was 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 hilarious for him. And then it's infectious because he sat next to you and he's almost wetting himself laughing. So you find yourself <laughs> laughing. It's just drawn in. it's really it's really lovely. But then also I'm trying to you know show them films as well so i mean rudy's been watching star wars since he was three yeah um and i remember being a kid and stuff like indiana jones being one of the first films i remember having a big impact on me but then i remember seeing the deer hunter wow probably younger than i should have been yeah yeah, yeah. and it it having a two things about it having a big impact on me and it's only now i've really started to think about it and remember that theme tune to it as well which was dun dun Da, 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 da. And and so obviously for me that's a big connection to film music and it yeah. it kind of staying with me. But just those performances, you know, Christopher that Russian roulette scene in that yeah. film in particular, and kind of being I don't know how old I was when I saw it, but kind of going, what's going on here? And I think it's because my dad had this kind of my dad was was really into uh, you know the. Vietnam War and all yeah. the kind of films around that kind of period and set in that time and stuff and it wasn't that long after it really but then you know Meryl Streep as well in that film as well yeah. and just it's 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 weird how culture can in inform a generation because mm-hmm. everyone knew what Russian roulette was and that's weird because it's not that no yeah. it's not a very no it's not an everyday thing no um and weirdly the other example is because it was in TV a lot of the time 
so Russia roulette and quicksand were two things that, <laughs> yeah. that, that gr- growing up we all knew exactly what that was. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of kids these days who probably don't because it's yeah. not been referenced in any big, yeah, yeah, big yeah, cultural yeah, yeah. things. Totally, of, it would be it would be suicide bombers and yeah. something else. You yeah, know, the equivalent yeah. to quicksand sort of thing. Completely would have that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, that, that reference. Um, you touched on on the on the theme of music there, um, and you do a podcast as well called Soundtracking, which yeah. I'm a massive fan of. I think it's absolutely amazing. Oh, thank um, you. It, it's it's talking to the directors so far, isn't it? Yeah, be with saying you might adventure yeah, elsewhere. I'd, but... I'd love to. I mean, the idea being that we, you know, there's there's no there's the, the goalposts can widen as far as we want, really, yeah. because I think that. You know, I think there are, there are certain people within the filmmaking process, and I I'm fascinated by it. You know, and that's why I wanted to do the the podcast because I'm a fan and I'm, I want to know more and learn more, feed yeah. my brain. And so I think that people don't understand how much input, for example, the screenwriter might have in the music yeah. in the film. They might specifically write the music into the film, and that's the nice thing about this is that Matt Ross, who we've done already, he wrote the film as well. So yeah. you know, there's that where we're kind of getting into that world already but also actors and and producers as well and the composers there's so many great composers yeah. out there clint manso I'd, I'd love to chat to yeah. i think clint's phenomenal um alexander Desplat, who i think's great as well i mean hans zimmer would be great yeah yeah definitely um, there's so, yeah i mean there's a huge like you were saying earlier when you yeah. were on the show about you've got a massive list on your phone yeah, yeah, that you yeah, keep yeah. adding to it's exactly the same for yeah. me i sat with a highlighter pen this morning and went through the bfi london film festival program and highlighted everybody that i'm going to try and approach to yeah. I mean, I'm, there's not enough hours in the day to speak to everybody that I've highlighted. Say, I, but I bet as, as, as soon as you come up with an idea like that and a show like that, IMDb becomes an addiction because you can literally just start to scroll I've through and look up at for different the films. Premium account already yeah, on yeah. the phone. Yeah, just totally. look, at, look at who did what. And, oh, man, I love the trivia this. section on IMDb. Yeah, yeah it's stu- And then you get that little thing where it's spoiler alert below. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> I'm addicted to it. But so you've had a lot of of of, of great guests on all already and one of the things that i really enjoy about the podcast is the kind of nature of podcasts in general i think or their boom was almost an anti-radio thing was mm-hmm. that it's this it's it's the voice of the of the people it's not this this polished thing which means that often when a podcast is well produced it sounds overproduced and it sounds shiny and un- unpleasant but soundtracking is amazingly well produced but it works and just sounds it i think it, it really makes it stand out because you're doing something that it's that perfect bit in between your your experience in radio where yeah. you're used to doing a well-polished and well-produced production and the podcast world where you can do niche subjects yeah n- nerd out on specific songs or topics or, or yeah. things like that so, so, so how did that all come about and, well, it, and what made you decide the format of it all well it kind of the, the, i mean the podcast grew out of a show i used to do on six music which just didn't get the it didn't get the love that it deserved, I, yeah. I think, on six. You know, we were kind of... It was like, oh, yeah, you can have two shows here. And then four months later, it's like, do you want three slots? And it's kind of like, it it could be a, a more regular thing. So yeah. um, so we just decided, me and a couple of, of mates who I work on it, it's just the three of us. And we, we were like, why don't we try and do it on our own? So I started approaching the film companies and was like, look any chance we could get time with and weirdly the first person that we got time with was John Favreau yeah. which is a pretty big deal but it's then to have that name. to have that name as the first one in the can and go and we knew we were holding it back because we'd missed the slot for 
for the theatrical release. So it's like, okay, we can hold it back for three months around yeah, the kind yeah. of when the DVDs out and stuff, which was great. So then we could go to other people and go, look, we've already done John Farrell. How's yeah. about, you know, you give us time with so-and-so. So then we did sort of think about how we were going to do it because when it was the radio show, you could obviously play all the tracks in full. But with podcasts, there's obviously a problem with music clearance yeah, and stuff. And you can't, you know, there isn't, the, you don't have the license uh, to play the tracks in full. I think it's like 30 seconds maximum you can play. And so we talked about how we thought it could work. And so we did a bit of a test with John and just weaved in some of the music. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't do it. Ben does it, who produces yeah. it, who's phenomenal. I mean, he's, he's, David O'Russell was going to scoop him up as his music supervisor yeah, yeah, within yeah, the yeah. next five years, I guarantee. Yeah. Um, and so, we kind of did a test and it sounded it sounded great not having the full track. I was going to say, it, just with it a works little, really nicely. With a little it, bit. Particularly, um, again, the, the beauty of podcasts is you can cherry pick. So instantly, as, as I heard the guests who were coming, I was like, well, John Favreau, Ben Wheatley, these, you know, I, yeah. I can't resist these. These are people I adore. But then when you're, because you're only playing sections of the songs, it's only going to be a 20 minute to half hour show. Yeah. Which means you're willing to take that risk on someone you're not as familiar with. Yeah. And they can be the most intriguing. Again, if it was like, here's an hour and there's four songs, then you might go, I don't know who that person is. I'll wait for next week. Or, do you know yeah. what I mean? You'll, you'll yeah, yeah, yeah. skip on. But they're great ones to have that you can just go, I can listen to every episode of this yeah. and it's going to be engaging. And the music is important. That's what we kind of realised was like, they're talking about stuff that's really important. We don't want it to feel frivolous. Yeah. So, you know, you've got that snippet of the track within there, but then what we've done, because we really feel that the music's important, is we've created playlists on Spotify. So you can go to Spotify, yeah. and for every show, there's a playlist of all the music that's, that's played in there. If the you want to take it available, further, yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, if I did nothing else, I would quite happily do this for the rest of my life. Yeah, and, and again, I, I love it. I think it must be exciting and, and fun for the the guests as well because in general when they're on their press junkets they're yeah. being asked the same questions yeah. often people who don't know who they are and and, and particularly with John Favreau it was he it, loved it. it his excitement at when you'd Ooh. reference specific things he'd be like oh this isn't someone who's just been told here's the jungle but you know yeah, what yeah, the yeah. new film is yeah go and talk to him it's like you talked a lot about sw- swingers which is yeah you know iconic for yeah, he was so. He was, it was it was really fascinating when he was talking about you know he wrote that and he wrote in like Frank Sinatra tracks yeah. and it's, there's no way we can yeah. afford <laughs> any exactly. of those yeah. songs. So and then even like with Chef, which I love, I love yeah. that film that he's in, and you know it was a real passion project for him as well. But you know I really I do my own research and I can't I kind of I can't go in there sort of half arsed and yeah. and just have written a list of things that are in their films. I need to. I need to know the things. Yeah, um, completely. And so there were some little intricate things that he was really surprised that I'd noticed or referenced and stuff like yeah. that. But so far, touch wood, it seems to get a nice response when... Could you do that thing where you expect the film company or the publicist to tell them, go, so your next interview or you're doing an interview today or, or that one's going to be about music and the films, yeah. they can at least think about it. Most of the time they don't. They so they kind of got, like... five interviews today, yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, and then... So you go in and you go hi and if you've interviewed them before they just assume that it's kind of what you've done before and they yeah. go so this is about music and they go oh yeah and not all of them because not all of them are as passionate about music i was music, gonna say have but, you had any yet that have been caught kind of off guard uh, not off guard but matt ross was brilliant because he was talking about so what was great with matt was that we he's so he's such a big fan of Sigur Ross who he managed to yeah. get John C and Alex Summers who's a, a collaborator with the band to do the soundtrack uh, and he'd been trying on his previous films as well 
It was hilarious, but we were talking about him as an actor and whether he ever uses music to get into character yeah. as an actor. And he was talking about this play that he was in where he used this German experimentalism music. And because it was just a, you know, it's a thought process and, and it was something that came up in conversation. So he hadn't had a chance to plan and remember the names of the things and stuff. Yeah. And he was winding himself up so badly because he couldn't remember the name of this this band sort of thing but that's kind of really nice because you know I want them to feel as as much as they're produced obviously with the music and stuff I do want them to feel like conversations and chats because that's why that's why it's a podcast and and it's that's a a situation is completely human as well because what will have happened is he will have found a track and been so happy but then who looks at the names of things anymore? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, there's tons yeah, of albums exactly. in that there because of iPhones, it's in my pocket or <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah. else. There's tons of albums I adore. I couldn't tell you the yeah. name of half I'm the tracks. With stuff like like, that. Uh, this one by this yeah. person. Todd Phillips was really funny as well, who, you know, he's done all the hangover films and yeah. old school and Starsky and Hutch and all that kind of stuff. And, he, and, he, and War Dogs, he was yeah, on to War, talk about, yeah, wasn't he? Which, which is, is his kind of step into Ward's kind of more uh, comedic drama. Uh, but he was talking about. Um, I think it was old school and a scene in old school where they wanted to use a Guns N' Roses track. Yes. And they were like... He was gutted, wasn't he? And he was like, so every time he kind of hears Guns N' Roses or for whatever reason that scene comes up, he's like, fuck you, fuck you, Axl Rose. No, in fact, it was in in War Dogs. Because it was when they're they're going into Vegas. Vegas, that's right. And he used Las Vegas by uh, Graham Parsons. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Well remembered. And he's like, fuck you. See, I'm genuinely a fan. I'm doing the same as you you now. (laughs) Yeah, but it's just like frustration. Totally. And then I love the story he told about (laughs) Snoop Dogg, about how he had... So in old school, there was a scene where Snoop Dogg plays... Yes, comes to perform at this house party yeah. and when they were filming that it was a nightmare because Snoop right. turned up with his huge entourage and a massive rider <laughs> and Todd had said to him if you do this you know uh, I'd really be interested to talk to you about playing Huggy Bear and Starsky and Hutch remake I'm doing yeah. and he was having such a nightmare with him that he was like um, listen uh, Snoop <laughs> this is I'm not sure it's going to work because if this is what it's going to be like on Starsky and Hutch then I don't think we can do it he went yeah. hey 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 hold on he went for this movie, you hired Snoop. For Starsky and Hutch, you hired Calvin. And it was true enough. It's like, you know, he was the most professional person Amazing. every day on set for Starsky and Hutch. I love that. Nice little stories that come yeah, out of them. Yeah, that's good. So, mm. I mean, f- something you've done well in your career is going, right, I really I like music and I really like films. Yeah. Let's see how I can make this my job. Yeah. And, Chipping and, away. And, 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 and premieres is one that I've, yeah. I've, I've only been to a few. But every, I'm think, always there. I was going to say, I think everyone I've been to, <laughs> y- you've been hosting and, and, and interviewing beforehand do and all. all that. I do pick and choose, but yeah. I kind of like... Oh, that's what I was going to say. Like, what's the process of that? And do you have you got favourites you've done or ones that you've been particularly excited to do? Because yeah, I've, I've done... the fact is you can get to go... I'll do that and then I'm going to get to meet this person exactly. and this person and Exactly, this person. that's exactly it. I'm such a kind of like, I wouldn't describe myself as a celebrity whore, but I kind of, it feeds into what I do. Yeah. Do you know, you you build up those relationships, whether it be with the directors and the film companies, then you can go at them and go, listen, would you come and do the podcast? Yeah. So I kind of see it as being, you know, it's it's kind of... It's it is kind of pimping yourself out, but I'm I'm quite happy to do it. But I don't do them all, and I only do the ones that I want to do. There's been a few that have been a bit disappointing. Um, yeah. Like the the most recent one was Nice Guys with yeah. Ryan uh, uh, Ryan Gosling. Gosling. I had to think of my Ryan's name. Yeah. Ryan Gosling and and a, Russell Crowe. A, a witch. A witch of the handsome Ryan's was it? Oh, <laughs> there's a lot now. There's so many. And, yeah. 
just let's call our child Ryan. He'll be <laughs> handsome. Um, and uh, and it was what was disappointing about it was like they had this access to these amazing people. Shane Black, the director, as yeah. well, and. They just didn't make much of the premiere. They spent all their money on making Leicester Square look great. And it wasn't streamed anywhere so people could right. see it and all that kind of thing. I was doing live Facebook and going, guys, check out the band. They had a band playing at Lenten. It was great. And it was yeah. just, just and a bit of a disappointment because no one could see it, apart yeah. from if you'd spent the day hanging out in Leicester Square waiting to see them, which was a shame. So now I kind of, I learned sort of through all that process. And I, if they come at me, the film companies come, can you do... This premium, go, okay, well, what are you doing with it? Are yeah, what's you, the plan? What's the plan? Is it just for in the cinema? Is it getting streamed? Because, you know, it's like, it's kind of pointless otherwise. Yeah, it is, it, it, it is a weird one because, again, they do, uh, a lot of people, I, w- I won't know, that, that they do sometimes do them and it's purely for the people that are in the cinema. So it says yeah. the people who are there at it's the like premiere. It's like a TV show in the cinema. For, for such a small room. And it's like, that's, that's a really odd, odd thing to do, particularly yeah. as you'd imagine most of the people in there have been invited because they're some way involved. Yeah. So it, You've probably seen the film before or you were on yeah. it. Yeah. Or in it. Yeah. It's, just, it's a really odd process. But yeah. as said, I've... I've all what of ones them, did you come to? Can you remember? Um, so, I'm trying to think. There was an Avengers one. Did you do one of the Avengers I did Avengers do one ones? of the Avengers ones. Maybe was it, was Avengers Iron, one, it was Iron Man. Iron Man, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then generally, other than that, the, the premiers I've been to have been the ones that have Simon Pegg or Nick Frost involved. <laughs> Yeah. I do all them. They're my mates, and yeah, you do all I'll of them. I do all of them because they always ask, and I'm like, "Yep, yeah, it's another chance to see these two. I love, yeah. them. I love those two. We've got this they're little thing. Best. Nick Blessham came on our first, uh, one of our first radio shows, yeah. And um, we asked him to pick a couple of pieces of music as we did you, and he picked Julio Iglesias, "Begin the Big Green." So whenever wow. we feel a bit like, you know, we're in early every morning, if we feel about that, we kind of yeah. like we've got this little clip, twenty second clip, a clip of Nick going, "Begin the Big Green," and it goes, and then he talks about dancing around at home in his pants, and it's like that. I'm in a good mood now. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. I love that. It's like a tonic. So, so let's kind of rewind all the way back because I do want to talk about everything along radio and everything else. But when you were growing up, were, were music and film kind of key to your to your life and upbringing? Like, what were your big influences there? Um, I mean, my parents were the big influence in terms of, of, of feeding me stuff or just yeah. having stuff on because I grew up in a little fishing village, you know, I'm 42, and so at that time there was, you know, you were you were disconnected from a lot yeah, of things, yeah. much more so obviously than we are now with, with the old internet and all that kind of stuff. But so you know, I was kind of fed music through various things. I grew up, my parents, uh, my mom's one of seven, and um, my granddad and some of my mum and her siblings ran a little hotel in Scotland. And so within the hotel, there was, you know, they'd have. Uh, Saturday night dinner dance there was a band playing every Saturday night they'd host road shows for the local radio station uh, at New Year they'd always have like a jazz band on and they'd have yeah. the local kind of folk uh, club come and perform so there was always kind yeah. of music around and then my mum was into like local amateur dramatics and I, one of my earliest memories is watching her play Nancy and Oliver and thinking that Bill Sykes had killed my mum <laughs> <laughs> my dad went it's alright just pretend uh, like I was three like so mum <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and then uh, and then with film, my dad used to. Um, I mean, we'd go to the cinema all the time. It was the local cinema was up in St Andrews, which is like you know a good ten fifteen minute drive. Yeah. Um, and they, at the time, they had two cinemas. But I remember going up there at the cinema, watching like um, I remember seeing the Fox and the Hound yeah. Disney film yeah, up yeah, there, yeah. and 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 um, Indiana Jones. But my dad in the hotel set up a Saturday morning film club for the kids. Oh, amazing. So they used to have like a projector 
thing that they could you could plug the telly into it or a or a VH or a yeah, video yeah, player, yeah, yeah, yeah. and normally they'd use it to show the football at the week yeah. on the, at the weekends and stuff in the in the function room. They yeah, put yeah, it on yeah. a big screen, but on a Saturday morning, set up a film club. That's fantastic. And so the, we, we had little cards, little membership cards, and he'd every Saturday morning it. he'd put on a film. And I remember things like you know ET being up there. This film called Day of the Dolphins. Have you ever seen this? I've never heard of it. Uh, where it's. Um, I always get the actors mixed up. It's not Chief Brody from Jaws. It's the other one who looks a bit like him. <laughs> right. And uh, and it was about these marine biologists who were training these dolphins to talk right. and to communicate. And then these the dark side of this marine biologist were actually kind of... Uh, being kind of infiltrated by the government who wanted to use these dolphins to attach bombs to the bottom of boats to all this kind of stuff yeah. anyway but I just remember this dolphin having a birthday and it being made a birthday cake and I love it the dolphin being called Fa and it, Fa I love Pa amazing um, I've got to find out what the name of the actor was because it's going to wind me up the old I, IMDB I love the weird odd little f- films like that that just stick in your memory and, and yeah. stick with you and generally if you go back and watch any of them it's now, awful. there's n- nothing of worth in there. But there will be George a small C. thing. Scott. George C. Scott. Yeah. Oh, there you go. From 1973, Day of the Dolphin. There you go. Watch it. I, I always I mean, remember, I think it was a Disney one actually, but a, a one of our dinosaurs is missing. Was was this just crazy? And it was <laughs> it was about someone stealing the main dinosaur from the Natural History Museum. Yeah. And in my head, it's the best film ever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my God, it's this dinosaur thing and all this. I saw it on TV a little while ago. I was like, how did I even sit through this? Particularly yeah, as a yeah. child with the impatience. Yeah. And I was like, but yeah. And then I had older gross. cousins as well who would who started, you know, I would I would kind of try and, you know, they hated me because I was always hanging around. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. please just let me listen to your U2 record yeah. uh, and stuff like that. And I remember being kind of, they had to babysit me one night and they had, they were having a bit of a film night and it being Breakdance 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yes. And I think it was Day of the Dead. It's a good combination. Yeah, which was kind of quite terrifying but fun in one night. Weirdly, it's it's a weirdly (laughs) logical combination of that time because they're both genres of film that we wouldn't have had on general release over here. So you (laughs) would have got on dodgy bootlegs or or imports. My dad's mate on the the oil rig, do you know what I mean? So so weirdly, yeah, the dark horrors and any black cinema, we didn't really... Because... The UK didn't have much of a thriving black culture at, totally. at, at that time, and, and I'd I imagine look- the further up north as well, the, the even less. So it's strange that you think Electric Boogaloo and Dan yeah, shouldn't remember. be together at all, but they'd, they'd be on the same stool. I remember one of the songs <laughs> as well from that. There's no stopping us. Yeah. No yeah. Sta- that was in the th- soundtrack for Breakdance Two, which then kind of led me into kind of discovering more you know more of that kind of music yeah. and and then a bit further down the line um we were talking about earlier de la soul um yeah. three foot high and rising one of my favorite favorite albums of all time i yeah. mean i went through three cresets of that because i played it so much amazing and were there a lot of people in and your Strother. small fishing village in this kind of no. listening to my friends so, so it's kind of weird i had sort of a friend in a, a in a it wasn't a city, it was a bigger town called yeah. Dunfermline. Yeah. And she was going out with a guy who used to DJ when we were like 14, 15 at a club called The Cronk. And we used to sneak in with him because he was, he was like, you know, one of those older boyfriends, uh, cool older boyfriends that <laughs> yeah, she had. Yeah, and yeah. I just kind of looked on from afar going, amazing. And we used to kind of go and do a terrible dancing to, so he used to play just amazing. loads of hip hop and lots did, of De La Soul and stuff. Did, did that... L- 
a lead and inspire you to your TV debut at the age of 14 on, <laughs> oh, on, on the big break. The, the one oh, bit of, of wiki research I did horrible. in general, it's in general, I was like, we've got loads to talk about, but I like to do a bit of a Ooh. look. But your TV debut on the on talent show, The, the Big, big break, break, STV, hosted by George Duffus. Amazing. So, what, what, was I, it, what did you do and how did that come I about? I sang Venus by Banana Rama. Brilliant tune. Um, and on the episode that I was on, which was, I was up against. A girl who was a bit like a Victoria Wood, who played the piano yeah. and kind of yeah, yeah, sung yeah. kind of, you know, kind of joke songs. Yeah. Uh, a jazz trio. And there was one other, I came last. Oh, wow. And <laughs> um, it, I don't know, I, I was, I, I, you know, like I followed my mum's footsteps, I guess, when I was younger in a junior operatic and we used to do things like, yeah. you know, Annie and all that kind of stuff. And I just, I guess it was the connection. I was never comfortable performing. I was never a kind of obvious or, I guess, opportunist front person. I was in a band when I was a kid as well, you know, I was in my teens. and oh, What kind of band? Uh, we used to do covers and play in pubs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We were called, uh, we had two names, we were called Warp Factor. Yes. And the best one, which was off the back of a Wonder Stuff tour called Groovers on Manoeuvres. Brilliant. That's good uh, names. We did the writing, like bubble writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tro- of yeah. And, uh, and we did covers like, I mean, everything from Queen to Tapau. Yeah. Secret Garden by Tapau was a big bit uh uh Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love. Fantastic. Uh I mean it was we did like we used to play like at New Year to like a dinner dance and stuff, a sort of younger people's dinner dance. It was great fun, but I was never sort of flamboyant and kind yeah. of out there. But the the talent show thing, I don't know why I felt like it was the right thing to do, but um I did. I looked older then than I do now, I think. <laughs> I had a perm, I wore a puffball skirt. Amazing. And yeah. It, it will never go away. It just it. comes back. I thought I I'd it. got rid of it a couple of years ago <laughs> when Scott Mills was up at Edinburgh Festival uh, when I was at Radio 1 and he was doing this late and live thing yeah. where he'd go up and do a late night version of his show and he'd yeah. get people to come perform. He's like, Aid, would you come and do Venus? I was like, only <laughs> if... Only if I can put it to bed, and I made them get a coffin on stage, Brilliant. and the idea in it for being me putting that to bed, Amazing. and that's still there, still comes still back, there. still, still yeah. rises, still from rises the dead. from the dead. So, so, what was your journey into radio? Because because I I first heard you on on Radio One, which yeah. is 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 big, and that was kind of what was your route there. So I went to um, when I when I was like leaving school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, and it was which is worth highlighting is completely normal. Totally, people yeah. I still don't. The know actual what I knowing want to do. what you want to do is the is the unusual part. If the the few yeah. that know what they want to do, it's almost mystery. like eliminating things that you don't want to do is easier. Yeah. So, a, fr- a, a friend of mine is recently at only at like twenty three or twenty four has just started a university course, great. and she was like, "Oh, I feel weird. I've done it all around the wrong way. I left school really no, early, that's and the now right I've been working." Way. I was like, "That's that was exactly my right point. Way. It's like you've lived in the real world until you know what you actually want to do." And now you're doing it. That's the yeah. way it should be. Rather than at 14 or 15, they say, well, here's your options. Choose what the things you you're going to do for the rest no, of your decide. life. Okay, yeah. okay, I'll start studying. It's yeah, crazy. I went back to uni when I was, uh, well, Rudy's eight. So I went back yeah. to uni like nine years ago to do a night course in photography. Yeah. And I I enjoyed it so much more yeah. than I did when I was, you know, it's the properly right at school. Because you've got the... You're there because you've chosen to be yeah, there and because totally. you want to be there rather yeah. than it's the next step yeah. in the journey that I'm meant to be going along. Well, it was kind of like, it. for me, it was either going to be, I was going to get stuck in Anstruther working in the family business yeah. or they had to make a decision about what I wanted to do to get me out. Yeah. You know, and I'm, and I've got loads of mates who are still there and it's, you know, and they've got a great life and they're yeah. happy and they're, but for me, I knew that I had to get out. I remember like 17th birthday, 
the day of my birthday, I had a driving lesson booked for the driving instructor. He was waiting for me as soon as I came out of school to get me on my first lesson. It was like, you know, the first step out of Dodge type yeah. stuff. But um, so I went to, I, were, I thought at one point I wanted to be a PE teacher. Right. So I went to uh, the, it's not an interview, but it's like an induction thing at Mori House in Edinburgh. Got accepted to PE college and that letter was like, I don't want to do it. That was the thing about yeah. it. No, it's not for me. So turned that down, went to my local college, did like a d- diploma in communication studies because it seemed to cover loads of things that I was into. Yeah. So it's photography. Good, it's broad. It's yeah. A wide, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was photography, it was PR, it was journalism, there was radio production and video production in there, script writing. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I yeah. did that for two years. Then I got onto the second year of the degree in Edinburgh. And it was that gradual thing of moving away from the little village to the yeah. city. Yeah, you just. Going yeah. a step at a time. Yeah, and then I I approached um, the local radio station and asked them if I could get work experience. And at that time, there was no um, email and stuff. It was kind of like letters and phone yeah. calls. I probably would have been arrested for stalking if I was doing that, <laughs> that much now. But um, I got See, in. I love it, though, because it's, it's that much m- more effort. And, and now people... It's weird that we've we've built this internet thing that allows so much more access, but it's made people seem so much more clueless. Like I've, and I've, less I've, communicative. I have a lot of people hit me up saying, I really want to do this. And and the simple thing would be, well, have you contacted a, a local... Re- like, if it was presented, yeah. have you contacted your local... No, yeah. I haven't. It's like, well, just we, do that yeah. then. Like, like, rather than ask someone who's doing it, just hit up yeah, those totally. areas and, and figure and, it out. And so I got work experience and I worked there kind of... I mean, my college, my, my degree definitely suffered because I spent every minute at the radio station yeah. just in the library listening to music or sitting in on shows or yeah. just making tea, all that kind of stuff. So they asked me to stay and do weekends and holidays and stuff. And then when I graduated, there wasn't any full-time work. So I was like, right, fuck it, I'm going to London. And I got on a graduate training scheme where I lied to get the job. Brilliant. Because uh, it was between, and I'm sorry to the other person who didn't get the job, because <laughs> they said to me, because it was in sponsorship and promotions. Yeah. And so by the time that I'd left the radio station, I had a show a week, but it was yeah. one night a week, late night. Uh, and they were like, look, we see that you've been on air. We're concerned that that's the route you want to take and that you're not, you wouldn't be happy with, you know, being in. Yeah. Sp- and I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, no, no, no. That was me trying it. I'm not. And I was like totally lying through my teeth. It was my ticket to London. Yeah, yeah. So I came down here, yeah, and got the, and then applied for loads of stuff. Got into MTV when it was launched in the UK, yeah, thing because they wanted accents, and that was kind of it. And then Kat and I met at MTV, and we ended up doing a show together on Capital first, yeah. And then my producer at Capital was ended up going to Radio One, and he got me in to start doing the show with Colin. It's great how kind of it's, it it can be quite a quick and and or not quick, but that that. A, a natural stepping thing in stones. that way, yeah. Of of, of them stepping stones, you'd yeah. think MTV is this unimaginable thing, particularly at that point. But yeah. there was a lot of people that just kind of they just fit. They didn't. Yeah. You didn't have to have years and years of experience totally. or this or that. You go right. Well, or you're, we or, like you. This works. Yeah. Or you're kind of glossy. You know, I wasn't sort of, and I'm in a kind of, you know, glossy front cover girl yeah. sort of thing. And it was great that they they wanted to kind of have a diverse. Yeah. range of people on that station as well so, so how was it when you got to radio one and it was it was it was it's a you and colin and it was a huge show and it was huge audience but the kind of beauty was as well that you had some control it it, it wasn't simply here's your playlist that yeah was, we really at that point for there stuff. was a bit more spot plays and or pushing stuff to be on the much playlist more so, and things like that much more so than when i left radio yeah. one the, the, very much at that point there and that's what i love about doing my show on Virgin is that 
Mick, my producer, and I, we we kind of, you know, we're very much in charge of the music, be yeah. that what we play, but also who we get in to play. That's great. And it's so important. It's what it used to be like at Radio 1. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't have kind of carte blanche of what you could play, but if you believed in something, you could really fight for it. Yeah. And I remember there was a couple of things that we really fought for that when you kind of look back on and go, man, that's hilarious. You know, we were like, we got told that Snow Patrol's run was not a daytime record. Yeah. That Amy Winehouse's rehab was too retro. And oh, that wow. Kings of Leon would never amount to anything. And it's that's kind crazy, of like, it? it's just, you know, it's like, but it's nice because you believe in something, you fight for it, and then it's great. You know, we weren't the only people, obviously, but when you see things kind of... It's a great one because Kings of Leon are a weird one where loads of my American friends all thought Kings of Leon were English. Yeah. Because they were supported over here first. And it totally. was Radio 1 and stuff like that that went, no, this is a big band. Yeah. Not that this is, as you said, they aren't, they won't amount to anything. This is a big yeah. band. Let's let's treat them as such. And yeah, they, and then they and got huge, massive, and then yeah, and then they they kind of yeah, and then it snowballed for them weirdly kind of going. Similarly with the Killers, it was a similar yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah over completely. here it was the same. All started on this side, yeah. and then and then blew up. So so how was it kind of riding that wave at Radio One because it was also a wave. It was that had a lot of pressure on it, and as you said, it was kind of changing a change in tides at the time as yeah. well of going towards less control and 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 things like that how was that was there any point where you kind of started to think i'm not sure this is what i yeah, want this I mean, to was, be anymore it was gradual and it was you know colin kind of made the leap first because he just couldn't he couldn't yeah. he couldn't cope with it anymore do you yeah. know what i mean and uh and i get it and i get you know and he's a very he's, he's incredibly principled or not sense. totally yeah, exactly, and i which and, i think and is amazing totally and i admired him i totally admired him for that you know and, and recently when he left talk yeah. sport you know yeah. for for something that for the whole time that I've known him is 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 something he stood by for and yeah. he, he won't sway on it at all. It's, it's it's bizarre. It's it's something that we discussed or, or when he was on the podcast, yeah. and then that all happened like two weeks after. Yeah, and it was that kind of well, there you go. He was he was literally just talking about yeah, it. And totally, he's, he's he's put his money where his mouth is. Totally, and he you know, Amazing. and I have utmost respect for him, and always yeah. have done for that as well. And he's. And he's brilliant to work for and he's hard to work with as well. Do you know what I mean, because he is so driven and he's yeah. so, you know, it's 110% or nothing sort of thing. But so he kind of made the leap first. And I was, you know, I was like, I, I didn't think that they would give me the opportunity to do the show on my own after he left. Yeah. Uh, but they did. And so it was about kind of moulding the show to make it feel like that we had a bit more control. So that's yeah. when the film stuff came in, actually. Yeah. Where, you know, my boss was like, well, what do you want to have on the show that makes it USP for you? And I was like, I'd really like to start kind of making the film thing and so that kind of almost made it easier playing shit music a lot of the yeah, time yeah and that um, was great because you you did suddenly have this 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 avenue to promote films and yeah. with film because you're just talking about it rather than playing the film on the radio again it's that more more freedom there doesn't have to be a playlist or something that yeah. fits radio one as such you could just go look Here's a film. Yeah, I really I'm, like it. Totally, you know, and talk about it and get people in. It's not the same as going. Here's a song that's going to be now played four times in the day, day yeah, and then so on and so exactly. forth. Exactly, doesn't have to have that same commitment. You and, can have that control and getting behind stuff as well that you felt as passionate about as you did with like tr- music tracks. Yeah. Like I remember getting Shane Meadows in and Thomas Targus to talk about the first This Is England Amazing. film and fighting to get to go. We, we this is an important film. We need to get the men, you know. And, yeah. and it was brilliant. And I mean, Tom was so young at the time as well, and he'd not long lost his mum as well. Yeah. And it was, um, uh, and they were brilliant. And He's it's proper grown up in in those films yeah. on camera. It's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, totally. I love all that lot. They're amazing. Yeah. So that was just a that was lovely, and that kind of, and then from that kind of, 
having kids then as well and it's sort of you know and that kind of changes your priorities as well and what's important and so I didn't want to be doing five days of radio anymore as well so yeah, that's fair. I ended up doing on Radio 1 the review show which for me was brilliant because it was being able to talk about stuff and music and also being able to play a real diverse yeah. amount of things and um and the thing the thing with a review show is that it is discussion yeah. it doesn't have to just be here's yeah. this is great I love totally. this it can be alright I like this yeah. about it I don't like this about it it can be more honest and open and and because we were bringing in people from music blogs and stuff as well and their you know their job as well as to review was to bring in something yeah. so you know you'd have these kind of specialist guys coming in from like a metal blog and so they'd yeah. bring in and it was great you know to yeah. play that against like someone like Disclosure or something as yeah. well and I loved yeah, it yeah it was good I, fun I, I did the, the review show when Nihar was yeah was doing it and I was, I was worried because I wasn't that into some of the songs and one of the other guys, I can't even remember his name, but, but he was a journalist. And yeah. the, the highest score he gave, I think, was a two out of ten. He gave like <laughs> point four, yeah. point three, and things like that. Totally. But it was it's that beautiful thing because the other guest on that week was Greg James, and um, I, I one of the songs we were reviewing was that "I'm in Miami Girl" or whatever oh, yeah, that yeah, song yeah. is. And I gave it quite a low score. He gave it a zero point two, and it, it went to Greg, and he's like. This is awkward because this is my single of the week and I love it. I've given it an 8 out of 10. And, and, but the beautiful part was he genuinely yeah, loved totally. it. So there was no shame or no. anger in that. I, I watched I was like, that's fair. You, yeah. you adore this. And that's why he was perfect for his show. Because it's like, right, yeah. it's not someone who's playing it through gritted teeth. Yeah. It's, it, it's doing it because it's what's right. I think that you get to a point as well, or I definitely got to a point where it's like, do you know what? I don't want to be doing this anymore in terms of I don't want to be playing, to, being told what to play and I yeah. don't want to be... And so that was it was great to go and um, spend some time at six as well, and that kind of started with doing the show with Adam. Yeah, which was how was terrifying. that to kind of return into being a duo, no and pressure. to have the pressure of Bloody being hell. a new person in a duo that was so loved and so. It was like it was like I don't know putting on a, a kind of a Laurel outfit and a Laurel and Hardy yeah. sketch or something. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It was it was terrifying, but you know we met up loads of times before, and and Adam's so. Um, He's so encouraging and he's so kind of given in terms of... Yeah. I learned so much working with him over... Yeah. I mean, it was only... I think we did... I don't know how long we did. Six months or something? Maybe not even that. But I learned so much from that, the short time that we, we did that show together. Yeah. And he was so... You know, he'd only he'd only signed up for a little a little stint because he had all the bug stuff going on. Yeah. And he kind of... You know, for him, the way that he does stuff is like it's one thing at a time. You know, yeah. he has to kind of give it. And so... Um, and then again, they were like, well, do you want to do it on your own? I was like, um, yeah, okay. So I kind of did it for a year, which was, it was a really that's good... Amazing. And then that's how Screen 6 came out of that. And then out of that came the podcast. It's, so. it's, it's, it's a curious one with Adam, because he's got, as you said, you will have learned so much from his so experienced. He will never realise that he's got loads to teach people and no. so ex- experienced. I remember him, him hitting me up at one point and asking me some advice on podcasts. And yeah. I was like... You were one of the first podcasts. That, like, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you are a podcast. The Adam and Joe yeah. podcast and then the, then yeah. the Adam and E. You did one. All of them were, my, were fantastic. Um, my my biggest um, achievement uh, with the whole time that Adam and I did the show together was the one and only time we did Song Wars. Yeah. And I won. And <laughs> oh, he was gutted. And my song was about fish and chips. And he was gutted. Of course was he was brilliant. gutted. It I'm, was so good. I remember him getting so bitter when the tide tended to go on. <laughs> yeah. 
His friend, was it was Adam and Joe that yeah. he, he would oh. he would start to lose all the time, so he would have been heartbroken. We deliberately didn't go down, you know, redoing any of the Adam and Joe yeah. stuff, really. No, it makes um, sense. But then when he, he when he said, "Look, why don't we do a song wars?" I was like, "Yes." <laughs> Completely and utterly preparing to lose and stuff, uh, and I, I mean, I think I think there was a, a deliberate thing with the audience, kind of going, you know, they were having a bit of a laugh with him, sort of thing. But it was brilliant. He hates it still. Yeah, he still so would have much. taken it completely so personally. Much. Well, he's brilliant. I've stolen a, 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 a load of your times, so we'll start to wrap things up. But what's the plans kind of going for? forward obviously you're on on on, on virgin now yeah. and it seems to be great that as you said you've got that freedom to kind of it's create exciting. and do what you yeah and we've only been on air 6 months um yeah. you know we we inherited the name but we inherited no audience so starting right. with nothing <laughs> is kind of terrifying but we yeah. we've done all right with the first um set of figures and it's just a lovely little team you know my boss Liam's great and Mick you met earlier yeah. my producer we the two of us just kind of you know, we work away at, at kind of trying to get people on that we really like and things that we really like. And I mean, yeah, I, I was off last week and I came back this week and, you know, played my first record. And I was like, oh, I love my job. Yeah. And, you know, getting up early, it's the first thing people ask you. It's like, oh, how are the early mornings? It's like, I've got I've got two kids. It was a training. <laughs> so I'm fine, actually. Yeah. I get to leave the house. Someone else has got to do the school run. It's yeah. fine. I'm laughing. Yeah. Um, early mornings were already there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't know how long it'll last. And I think being given the opportunity as a female at 42 to do a breakfast show on your own yeah. is brilliant because yeah, not enough women get the chance to do it on their own it's and, all about being the weather girl or yeah. the you know the sidekick or doing the travel and the faith and trust as well that you to, 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 to not only have you but to have you having control of it and having yeah. you know having your own input and your own yeah I'm, I feel really, really honoured to be doing that. So I, I don't know how long that's going to last, but you know we're only five, six weeks into the podcast. So yeah. I really hope that it's something that I can be doing, you know, for the next, I don't know, if, twenty years. Yeah, if it feels like it's got endless potential. I Is hope it, so. As we were discussing earlier, the the beauty of it being so specific and not and 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 not topical, I guess, is you can stockpile and with yeah. The British Film Festival and all these other things. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Or, I'm coming or, for you, by the way. Again, if your name's in that program, beware. <laughs> are, 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 are you now looking at offers for premieres and thinking, well, I don't want to do that, but I do want to get in with that person yeah. to get them on the podcast? Because you said you kind of you look at if they're if they're uh, broadcasting it and things like that. But yeah. are there any we like? They're not. It looks like it'll be an average yeah, evening, but it's a good contact to get. Yeah, to get it's. In it's it, I have to. I am really bad at saying no to stuff, yeah. and I have to get better at it. Just purely because there's not enough time in the day, and yeah. also just some. I need to make sure you know I'm spending enough time with the kids, and that's what's great about doing the breakfast show is that you know I, I'll go and do the pickup at one o'clock for nursery, and then yeah. I'll do the pickup at four for for Rudy finishing, and that's really important because I'm not there in the daytime, and it's you know you have that tendency to beat yourself up and make yourself feel guilty but I know that I'm a better mum for working yeah yeah um because if I wasn't working I'd be going mad if I was a full-time mum that's yeah, a choice completely. for me yeah. it's not right for everybody else but that's for me the right situation for me 100% so yeah I have to learn to say no to things but um I mean this week's mental I'm, tomorrow I've got to go and do this live Facebook thing Ron Howard's made this brilliant Beatles documentary you oh, think wow. everything's I've seen been the trailers said for it yeah you think everything's been said about the Beatles what yeah. you tell me he's done a great job and it again similarly with what's happening with his Oasis doc that Matt Whitecross has done is that he's focused on a time period mm -hmm. so it's the touring years so it's kind of literally yeah. when they went from you know playing the Cavern to playing Shea Stadium yeah. in New York uh, and 
It's great. It's really good. And it the looks amazing. The trailer looks great because it seems to have that that really important, as as, as you said, part of the journey from suddenly we're the biggest thing in the world to yeah. to, to then not getting disgruntled by it, but then going, oh, hang on, no one's paying attention anymore. Yeah, like we literally stop. like we could just go and stand there and yeah. cheer, and then we can leave, and everyone's happy. It's like we're yeah, I mean, we're musicians were, and technology, and and you know the the equipment wasn't as advanced enough for the for what they were they needed to be able to do like when they played yeah. at Shea Stadium they were they were playing out the the stage sound through the tannoy system which if you can imagine how crap that's, so that's going to sound it's so <laughs> bad sound awful. but I'm doing this Facebook live thing tomorrow they were like they got in touch and said oh would you be around to do a Facebook live with Paul McCartney Ringo and Ron Howard I'm like um yeah probably wait three seconds <laughs> yes it's like I'm a fan it's like I to get that. these chances to meet these people is kind yeah. of like, yeah, I'm terrible at saying no. That's amazing. Well, thank you very much. I'll let you get Pleasure, on and, and, and go you. and do the the the, the one o'clock pickup. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, spike the wheel. Well, Mom, what are you? Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And as said, soundtracking is out. Is it every every what day Friday? Is it? It comes every Friday. Out, yeah. Um. So yeah, I recommend that highly. And uh, yeah, keep thank, doing what you're doing thank, as well. Thank you very much, and thanks yeah. for chatting. Cheers. Thanks, mate. There you go. That was Edith Bowman. How lovely is Edith? Uh, I mean, I'm sure you all already knew how lovely Edith was. I'm, I really want Edith to become the host of film. And it hasn't got a name because it's a film 2016 or film 2017. Because that show's awesome and Edith would be perfect for it because she just n- knows her films and adores them and can talk intelligently and articulately on them constantly. So, yeah, I want her to be the host of that. So if the BBC are tuned in, and you're at any point deciding on a new host, I put forth Edith Bowman. And, and you know, I'll come on as a regular if you want. I ain't, I ain't mad at that. <sighs> Thank you for tuning in. As I said, n- next week's guest is Frankie Boyle. And we had an absolutely lovely chat. He, um, he was staying in London and he said, look, pop to my hotel and I'll spare you some time. And it's the first time we'd met. And he was just lovely. You don't know how Frankie Boyle will be because he's Frankie Boyle, right? On TV, he's quite bristly and uh, and and offensive. Um, but he was a lovely dude, and we had a really nice chat. So um, tune into that next week. Who else have I got coming up? I've got John Bradley coming up, who is Sam from Game of Thrones. Oh, only the biggest TV show in the history of the world ever. Only only that show. So I've got that coming up. Um, I've got a whole load of good guests coming up. Um, so check that out. If you could subscribe, that'd be awesome. In fact, I've, I always, I've, I, I don't think I ask you to rate much anymore. And we probably don't get that many ratings anymore because we've, we've been around a while. But if you're on iTunes, then just go and give us like a five-star rating and help us jump up um, in people's estimation. It all helps. It all adds up. Anyway, I'm going to go. Thank you for tuning in, guys. I miss you and I love you. Ta-ta.